Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by the one and only Sambo. How are ya? Good. Going well. How are you, Jake? Good. Yeah, good. good. Ready to jump into a podcast. Can't what happened to our names? Do we normally have our names up on screen? Because they're certainly not there now. I feel like they disappeared. Yeah, I think it depends on whether you've got a banner running or not. It, it's oh, sort of, okay. yeah, it looks a little bare, but that's all right. And also, we're just the two of us again. True. Yes. It has been the three of us for a few shows. Yeah, we've had a pretty oh. good, pretty good turnout for a bit. It's uh, just a two-man, two-man affair at the moment. The uh, the lake run this morning, just myself, myself and Tink. Uh, yeah, it's dwindling, dwindling numbers in all all respects today. That's right. It's got people falling off, dropping like flies. Um, was the run good? Did you get a good one in? It was good. Look, it's it's hard to set a pace with Tuya when there's when there's five or so. It, it's just a, mm. just this automatic sort of uh, acclimatization that happens where you know the, someone's the fastest, someone's the slowest, and you just kind of all meet in the middle. When there's Tuya, it does feel like you're constantly. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving behind. Oh, I've got to catch up. It's it's sort of hard to mm. match step. And also constant heckling from the old folks around around the uh, lake. They just oh, just yeah. love to have a word or two it. when there's you know when there's when there's not the full contingent. They love to mention, oh, you've lost yeah. a couple. Oh, the others yeah. coming up behind, are they? Yeah, just can't can't resist it. Just yeah. absolute pearlers, pearlers, one and all, zingers coming at you. Just at, you know, they're all just honing their act for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Um, yeah, you know, which is on its way. To a stage speaking to speaking of Melbourne though and the run is that uh thinking Gumble and I went to find uh coffees afterwards and everywhere was shut. Yes. I have to admit <gasps> it wasn't until after we found somewhere and we had coffee and I got home that I realized it's a long weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea until someone else brought it up. It's the, it's the ponies, right? The pony ponies is on. Um, yeah, the trots. Yeah, I had I had no idea. That's how not in the loop I am. I was like, why are all these cafes yeah. closed on a Monday morning? It's not a real sport anyway. Atrocious. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, probably shots best fired. not to get into the Melbourne Cup. I suppose. I think we've already. Uh, oh, there'll be shots Melbourne fired. All right. Before I remember. <laughs> for, for old tequila sunrise <laughs> yep. that brings up the rear too far. That's right. <laughs> tequila sundown. Uh, let's let's get into. That's fine. That's right. Um, <laughs> very good. Let's jump into another episode of the Champs Chat Cats. I've got a big game to uh, recap. They're always big podcasts, but they're not always big games. This was a big game, Sambo. The Cats taking on the Hawks. Week ten, finals on the line. Um, the old enemy in town and the cats sealed up a final spot with a 40 point win Sambo uh, another quarter to open the game in which Geelong kept the opponent goalless the only team in the regular season who scored a goal against the cats in the first quarter in 2023 remains the Melbourne demons apart from that um, no one's kicked a major against us in first quarters so cats winning up eight to one. They extended that at the main break. They were up 20-1 to 
to one. And then a, a little bit of a Hawthorne surge early in the third quarter after Ashling Maloney had kicked an early goal for the Cats. The Hawks kicked one back and you sort of thought, oh, they got a bit feisty. The Cats closed the door, though, with the last two goals of the quarter, both to Chloe Shear. In fact, Chloe Shear kicked the next three goals of the game. She opened the fourth quarter with a major after just 53 seconds. Um, Hawks got a couple of really nice goals, I thought, from their perspective. There were a couple of nice moments. If we cast our eye back to watching the young Cats develop, I thought there were a few passages of play where it's like, that's it. That's what you want to see for the future if you're a Hawks fan. Um, but for the here and now, Cats fans got to see what they wanted to see as the Cats slammed the door shut with three more goals in the final quarter to run out. Dixty to 3-2-20 victors. It means the Cats finish sixth on the ladder. They're going to host Essendon. A nice chance at a do-over for the regular season loss. We can talk about that on the preview show, Sambo. Right now, your thoughts on the game v. the Hawks. What are your sort of initial takeaways? Uh, it was just a bit of a bit of a celebration, really, wasn't it? I thought, I, like, I thought the game the game was intense. Like, it was a, it was a really good game as a Cats fan, I think. And as you said, I'm sure there's plenty for the Hawks fans to get behind as well. But from a Cats perspective, it was a good game because it wasn't boring. It wasn't a complete just one sided shellacking from from sun up to sundown. But there, but it was never in doubt. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could be comfortable. You could be pretty comfortable with the result. Um, but enjoy a pretty ferocious kind of game. Like the tempo was pretty frantic. Um, there wasn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of easy, uncontested possessions going around. Um, so it was a, uh, except for maybe the cats in the, I, I think the last, the last quarter probably padded the uncontested possession for both sides. Actually, there was a bit of that junk time shenanigans. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Look, it was, I think. We asked for them to improve upon what they did last week. I felt like they pretty much did in all in all respects. I think that that delivery inside fifty, the structure inside fifty, and the the off ball structure outside the the fifty as well has all again mm. taken another another couple of strides forward. Um, I think our conversion rate was pretty good. Uh, I don't actually know how it compared to to last forty seven point five percent efficiency inside fifty. That's that's pretty good. Um, uh so yeah I, th I think in all respects i no notes really um i think you know there was a couple of goals for the hawks like i said that got through a little easy but you know, you know that point of the game it was sort of it was it just was it was to be expected it's a natural occurrence uh so i i really enjoyed it i really liked that the hawks turned up to fight, to put their bodies on the line to try and make themselves accountable it meant that we did have a test you know because you don't want to wake off mm essentially you know on an extra week yeah. off running into finals it was good that we you know it still felt like it was a bit of a tune-up um and that we yeah sure it, it wasn't just a complete walkover but at the same time it was a great way to end the home and away season it was a real celebration of pretty much everything that this team can do well um that they they sort of had it all on display really i thought yeah, absolutely. I think you, that's a great point. I was trying to think how to define that myself of like the result was never in doubt, but it was a good game. You weren't playing against witches hats sort of thing. Yeah. Like there, there'd be other games during the season where you're like, oh, there wasn't really, you know, we pretty much waltzed our way through uncontested. Like you said, for a good three, three quarters, I felt like the Hawks really cracked in and 
and to be fair, I don't think they gave up in the fourth. It's just the, the no. game, I think, opened up a lot. Um, they had they, uh, you know, they, they even, made even 87, that... 87 tackles for the match. That's that's not to be sniffed at. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and I thought, as I said, there were passages for them. Mm. You know, it, it, most of the, their three goals or two of their three goals at least, you know, I remember thinking that was a really, you know, attractive passage of play. Um, I think in the second half, they worked out that the way to attack us wasn't to kick it long. Mm. It was to hand pass and try and break up our defensive structure, you know, using a bit of flowing sort of play. They got at least one goal, um, you know, using that kind of style of attack. Um, but Sam, that's something that like that stuck out for me about our game, particularly as it wore on. And I thought the fourth quarter was like a real, um, there was a noted attempt to use our hand pass to create flow and overlap. Mm. And just in general, like we ended the day, I think with 140 handballs, 150 kicks, 146 handballs. Um, our average on the season is 109 handballs per game. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a huge increase. And it's something we talked about on the pod the last few weeks where I feel like Geelong's looked at our best is when we have a better balance of hand and foot and it's not all kick to mark, slowly assess the option, kick to mark. I think we've gotten onto the fact we can maintain possession at speed and that mm. actually worries the opponent a little bit more. I don't know about you, but I, I just thought, our use of hands really impressed me and excited me, you know, for what that means going forward into finals. Yeah. And I mean, not to, not to get into the, the nitty gritty of player stuff yet. And I know this is going to come into play mm. when we, when we do our votes, this particular comparison, but the, I guess the comparison between, um, Prisparkis and Nina Morrison and the, um, I think Prisparkis got more of the, more of the accolades and the, the general love um, from the, you know, the the media and a lot of fans and that, and that's totally fine because she had an absolutely cracking game. But I felt like Morrison. I think you felt the same, and uh, yeah, we'll get into in the votes. I felt like Morrison had a had a more impactful game on the on the day, and I think because of how it translates to what you're talking about there, the use the use of the ball might not have been spectacular, but it just fed into that style of play. Uh, really well because I mean um, they I think it was thirty five Prosparks had thirty five disposals Nina Morrison's had thirty four so both you know really dug in and had a crack um, but Prosparks had nine nineteen kicks to Morrison's nine but Morrison had twenty five handballs like I think it's I think yeah. the way that she was the way she was getting used and using the and the way she was using the ball in tight under like tremendous pressure like I said the Hawks really brought the yeah. pressure game. And she was able to, to to feed out these silky little like inch perfect hand passes in a minute fraction yeah. of a second, and so in a lot of ways I think her stat line doesn't read as impressively as Georgie Prasparkas's. Um, you know, like again meters gained, Prasparkas five hundred fifty nine mm. um, meters gained versus Nina Morrison which is three hundred twenty one. But I felt like that three hundred twenty one, and this isn't to disparage Prasparkas's game because as I said. No. Absolutely phenomenal performance as well, but I think what I liked about Morrison's game was that those those meters gained were were arguably 
more valuable to an overall press forward as opposed to just kind of a territory battle of getting the ball forward and hoping for a stoppage. It was a bit more meaningful working the ball around outside and, and moving up the ground. Um, so I, th- mm. I think, yeah, I totally agree. The way we were using hands was just, um, it was like, it was like 2007, sorry, 2007 Geelong Cats. Um, like it just, it really, mm. it was uh, really exciting to watch. Um, and I think it's something that there's a big difference between quick hands because you're under pressure and you like feel like you're losing territory because mm. you're just trying to get rid of the ball yeah. versus quick hands under pressure to the right player and actually moving around the pressure and going forwards again. Uh, and that's been a, I think a stark difference from this game versus perhaps some earlier in the, earlier in the year. Um, mm. And, and the disposal of, of efficiency as well. I think our, I think our efficiency was pretty good for the amount of, I think it was 60, 64.5% um, disposal efficiency mm. from 296 Disposal, I, like it's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, I can't. I the 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 website doesn't have our twenty twenty three average, unfortunately. So I don't know how that compares. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was just silky and effective usage of the ball. And I think Morrison just encapsulates the way the whole team was trying to play, um, beautifully. Well, she was also like we've made the comparison um before, and and, and you know to to different players and i feel like you know we've said prosparcus before has that sort of um danger field-esque thing she's an explosive mm. threat she can get the ball downfield easily um it's often chaos you know she's an explosive kind of player in that regard um but nina morrison gave me shades of prime gaz jr that mm. goal she kicked down at the the um that that end is the same end that Gary Ablett Jr. kicked a goal against Port Adelaide in the last round of 2007 or the second last round, whatever it was of 07, where you know sort of sold candy and sidestepped you know two or three Port players. You know she just cuts back; they all go the wrong way, and she kicks mm. the goal, and then that she was untackleable. Yeah, the amount of times where it's like, oh, she's going to be wrapped up. No, she's stiff armed her way out of it, or she's just swatted an arm down, or just got arms free and got a handoff. Like I don't remember her being caught, like holding the ball. I remember her very seldom being caught for a ball up. She was always either slipping or breaking tackles. I, her game was amazing. Like they, they were both amazing. Um, but. Like, yeah, I, I feel like you heard a lot on Twitter, I guess, about Prisparkas and, you know, she was amazing. I just was absolutely in awe of Nina Morrison, who just absolutely tore it apart. Um, I think, too, that I actually, that, that's something I liked going into this game because, you know, we spoke to Liam from the Soaring to New Heights podcast and something he was worried about was there sort of the inexperience of their back line. But I love that they really took it up to our forwards for large mm. stretches of this game. Like Jenna Richardson had seven marks. Uh, Eileen Gilroy led the way with nine intercepts for them. Like yeah, I and, thought it was a really – yeah, you go. I was just saying, they, like, they really did take – like 
Shear to task quite handily. Like Shear ended up with yeah. a couple of goals and did some really nice things, but it took her a long time to be able to work work into the game in a really damaging way. Um, so I think I think mm. both both from a personnel point of view from the Hawks, but also a coaching point of view, I think that they yeah their backline was I thought I thought pretty impressive actually. I think I think the midfield battle was a little more one sided. Um, but yeah, I thought totally. their I thought their backline did really well. Yeah, and that that almost gives them an even a bigger tick, in the mm. sense that the flow of play that was going was four uh, forty inside fifties, um, you know, and they're able to come away with a bunch of intercept marks. So, I just thought that made it a bigger tick for me to the Cats forwards that they mm. worked their way through the afternoon. Eventually, um, you know, were able to break it open, but it wasn't. Again, you weren't playing against witches' hats. It would be easy yeah. to look and go, oh, second-year expansion team, maybe, you know, it's a bit of a doddle. It really wasn't. Uh, you know, Hawthorne, although they might not yet have the system inbuilt, although they might not yet have the full complement of, like, talent that they are going to have in years moving forward, um, you definitely couldn't question their their effort and fight and endeavour. And I was very impressed with how the Cats were able to, yeah, work their way through it. Um, it does help when you can control uh, the midfield, I yeah. think. And when you look at the stats, you know, you've got two players who clear 30. You have Becky Webster and Amy McDonald both clear 20. Um, that's always going to help big time. Um, just trying to think of other sort of specific points. Do you, did you have any other specifics from a gameplay point of view or anything that stuck out in terms of that? I mean, it's... A... It's 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 tough because I feel like I should have more to say than I said at the start, but like it really is kind of just all of it. Like it just, you know, I'm so used to having really analyzed it all year and kind of gone, oh, I'd like them to tweak this and like them to tweak this, or this was really good, but this, but I I really just felt like everything that has been good last couple of weeks was exceptional, uh, and everything that's maybe been a bit patchy in the last couple of weeks was good. Um, as I said, I didn't feel like there was, apart from like a couple, like the goals, maybe the latter goals or the third quarter goals from Hawthorne, I didn't think there was really much lapse of that structure at all, which is something I always look for. Like, again, a high pressure, frantic game, but you didn't see that absolutely like legs pumping off ball to just chase. Like there was just really good coverage. Hawks never really seem to get a clear passage of play until we, you know, un unless we we let them just through, you know, through happenstance really. So I thought I thought our structure was really good. I th thought that that uh, the girls supported each other really well. Like there was a lot of that second second effort stuff and the the disposal of the ball and then making sure to make an option and be there as a as a back option or overlapping runs. Like you know, it sounds kind of silly, but I love seeing runs that don't get the ball. I love seeing a player belt diagonally behind the player they just pass it to as if they're going to get the ball and they're going to run with it and it just doesn't happen. And it's, it can be discouraging as a player to keep doing that. Cause sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you can, I've been that player in, in, you know, in sports sometimes where you feel like you're making a run and you just, for whatever reason on the day, you know, the ball's just not coming your way, but I love seeing that with this team. I love that the, the constant, the constant um, effective work rate, so I, yeah, I, I just thought structurally they were really good. Ball use they were really good. Um, that those passages of play that we felt like we haven't seen too much. I feel like they were really, they were really on show. That that transition, not that we had to transition 
out of the back too much. I mean, you know, Claudia Gunjaka probably, I would say, had her quietest game all year because she just didn't really have to do too much. Um, <laughs> so then we didn't have to transition out all that much. But, um, you know, when we, when we did do it, I thought it was... Um, it it was really good. It was seamless. I think I loved that the the way we we formed up outside of their their fifty and just kept it trapped in there. Sometimes, like I know, I think what was it forty mm. inside fifties for the match? I think um, yeah. yeah, forty inside fifties for the match. And I was actually thinking, watching it um, in the early, I think it was early, early to mid in the third quarter. I thought the inside fifties stat is actually going to be really unfair on us because. There's so many times where the ball didn't leave the fifty, like yeah, that we, we got it in there and we kept it, and that's like one that's one inside fifty for forty five mm. seconds to two minutes where we were able to get like two or three ball ups because we just wouldn't let them get it out of there. Um, so that was I really I really like that. Like it really looked as as we said. I think their defense held up really well and battled super well. But credit mm. to our forward line that. In spite of that, we just kept it in there. We just didn't let them really get a moment to breathe back there. Um, and I thought I thought our deliveries inside fifty were again sharpened up, and they were a bit more of that. There's a variety of them. There were some lofty ones in there to create chaos. There were some nice sort of lower deliveries, bullets to to an easier mark. And then there's also a couple of those, you know, rather than one kick to get to the center square, you take three kicks to get to 35 meters out. I really, I really like that. I really like that kind of chess move inside 50, that rapid fire, small kick, mark, mark, mark. And mm. suddenly you're in, you're in shooting range. Um, I think that that particular method is something that we could probably use more. Um, but I'm really liking seeing it on show uh, over the last two or three weeks. Yeah. I was just reading in the match feed on the AFLW website. Um, just interesting here. The Cats were able to keep the ball in their forward half for 64% of the game. You're going to win a lot of games of footy if you've got it in <laughs> for two-thirds of the match. Yeah. Um, eight of their nine goals were launched from their forward half. Uh, inside 50 entries were much more targeted in comparison to the Hawks, retained entries 16% better and found five five more forward 50 marks. I think that's yeah that that's accurate. Um and um Emmonson yeah. Emmonson uh once again had one of the best kicks inside fifty um uh, it was yeah. to to Maloney wasn't it picked out Maloney or was it Parry now oh god yeah I think it was Maloney it was Maloney yeah um one it was it was, anyway. it was Maloney's goal because then she she slotted the goal really nicely didn't she from a from mm. a little bit of an angle uh like not an easy kick yeah. for a new player <laughs> um mm. but yeah I I thought um. Emerson again was just like it was a little bit of a lofted kick. Like it did, it did look a bit like the deliveries we've been sort of bemoaning a little bit in weeks gone by. But it's just that difference of like you. There's nothing wrong with any particular kick. It's just about using the right kick for the right moment. And the way she used that kind of, it was like a late ascending and a very fast dropping kind of kick. Like she kicked it. And it started out pretty low and just kind of kept kept building until just that perfect point when it's beyond mm. the defender. And then it just dropped and Maloney yeah. was able to grab it. Like it's just that perfect delivery. Maloney, you know, did fantastically to clunk the mark, but um Emerson made it as easy as she possibly could for her to 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 take that mark. And it was um 
again, if, if we can get her doing like three or four of those deliveries a game, we're going to have like three or four guaranteed goals just from that avenue <laughs> alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought it was interesting when you look at the players who, you know, were putting the ball inside 50. Prasparka six times makes mm. sense, you know, and I think she ended up with three goal assists, I think, yeah, Prasparkas. Yeah. Um, then Nina Morrison with four, Becky Webster with three, Chloe Shear with three, Parry with three, um, McDonald with three, Maloney two. Like, they're all players you would like to have putting the ball yeah. inside 50. Um, even Emonson too, Derby too, Friswell too. Uh, I think yeah, those are players who are developing into the ones that you want putting the ball into attack. Um, I, th I think Emonson That has to be the lowest to... percentage I've ever seen for em Emonson to have. Emonson? Yeah. Just the two of the 40. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and... It's crazy to think about 20... But fifty, she only had fifty percent disposal efficiency. Yeah, right. I, I've not seen, I've not seen her drop below eighty. I don't, I don't reckon. I'm trying to look at her overall yeah, yeah. disposals now. She had twelve disposals, so she's yeah. That's interesting. Two hundred fifty meters gained. Not to be sniffed at. Something I re really like seeing is Zali Friswell. Um, her disposal efficiency the last month. Mm. So to start of the season, she went 90.9% against the Dogs, 100 against Sydney, uh, 72, 76. Then she had a bit of a dip, Melbourne 44, Essendon 66. But the last four weeks, she's gone 100% on 11 disposals, 85.7 on seven disposals, 75% on 12 disposals. And then this week, she went 82.4% on a, on, on a season-high 17 touches. Mm. So... I, I think you're seeing improvements there. Um, it's also a career high, I think, 17 disposals. Which is, yeah, which, which, yeah, if you can see improvement in disposal efficiency and the amount of disposals, then that's, yeah, then you can't argue with that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a career high in a number of things. She had career high disposals, career high marks with four. Um, and career high meters gained. Yeah, right. Two hundred and fifty-three. So, yeah, I think that definitely nice to see. Uh, is there any? Is there any players that you want to mention that aren't in your votes? Obviously, we'll save uh, Kearns because she's she is the the focus of the Patreon player focus. Just pay your money yeah, and stick no, around for that if you want. <laughs> what we thought of overrated right. performance. Um, yeah. So is there, is there anyone that isn't in your, in your vote? I guess I'll be, I think, I think, uh, without knowing a hundred percent what our votes are, I think you, me and John have at least probably two overlap players that are in all three or like two players that are in two of the three yeah. of our votes. And then we've all got an extra one in there. Um, so I don't a hundred percent know Definitely. who, know which way you've gone. Um, but yeah, is there, is there other players? I, like, I thought, um, the player that, is shockingly not in my votes, um, but still mm. had a great game, is Amy McDonald. Possibly the first week she's missed <laughs> of the whole season. Yeah. Probably since we've been covering it, the first week that she's missed out on, on my votes. Um, like, again, 23 disposals, um, 15 of those hand eight passes. Clearances. Eight clearances. Four tackles, uh, 180 yeah. metres gained. 
Uh, I don't know where where she where she sits with disposal efficiency and such. I think that was a little bit lower, sixty point nine, sixty point nine, um, which is is not not bad for a you know a midfield mm. with fifteen contested possessions, uh, two score involvements, four intercept possessions, one inside fifty, um, three inside fifties. Like, uh, yeah, again, like in another team on another day. That would probably get you some votes, um, and I think it, again she was, it was sort of demonstrated how much of a, uh, a a vital component of this team she is, even when she's not the headline grabber, um, when it's Morrison or Prasparkas yeah. or someone that's that's taking taking the chocolates in that way. Um, she's just she is she is the engine room of the team, you know, in a lot of ways. She's so versatile mm-hmm. and she's. And her her um her influence is felt so far across the ground, I guess. Like she's not one of those players that's just affecting it in the midfield. Um, you know, she puts puts in a lot of work across pretty much a hundred percent of the ground. So I thought I should probably mm. not that she doesn't get a lot of love from us, but considering she's not getting votes, I, I felt like she should probably get a get a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I'd probably put Amy uh sorry, not Amy, Meg McDonald. Mm-hmm. I thought Meg McDonald had one of the more dominant first halves she's had this season. I actually think she Definitely. played pretty well last week against the Tigers too. I thought she really dominated Richmond. Um, and in some strange ways, she's sort of playing second fiddle to Claudia Gunjaka mm. um, this season. But I just, I don't know, I felt like Megatron came out and really asserted herself, as I said, particularly in the first half when the scores were still close. Um I was just trying to see where her... Oh, there she is. Uh, 11 disposals. Um, and again, like, her, her mark numbers and stuff aren't insanely high. I think she only grabbed... She might have even had a mark. One mark, one, one yeah. tackle, 11 disposals. I know that the numbers don't look, you know, huge, but still had the second most intercept possessions for the Cats with six. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just think that... Isn't it amazing it sort of strikes me sometimes when we don't really talk maybe a lot about Meg McDonald and Claudia Gunjaka and players like that down the back, because there's been so many games this year where they're kind of not involved because most of the play is actually happening ahead of them. And and you can cast your eye back and think about early seasons of the cats where it was like, Oh, Megatron, she's in the running to win our BNF. I don't think she'd be even in the top 10 this year. Uh, And that's you know nothing against her performance. It's just saying, there's been less to do because the cats are finally fully functional in the other phases of the game. So you don't have to lean so much on your back line to repel, you know, uh, you know, attack after attack. But I thought when the game was hot, she really stood up um, and did some really nice yeah. things. And like the one, probably- I think it was her that she had the kick back across the 50. It was a really aggressive, like, mm. Kick. I can't remember who she put it to. It was either her or um, uh, maybe her or Emanson. One of them had just this kick that it's like just gutsy kind of kick yeah. to, to put it back and switch. But yeah, anyway. I think she's probably been freed up a bit too, like um, with the way Gunjak is playing and, and the role that uh, she's playing. I think I think Megatron is is more likely to be able to roam up a bit. She when the team when the team is playing high up. She roams up with them um, and can do a bit of defending outside the arc or on the edge of the arc when it's required. So when it's that kind of 
those games where we're, where it's a bit counter-attacky and we're, we're on the back foot a little bit, I think she's not brought into it to the degree that Gunjakri is, because Gunjakri is such that, like, that post in the back line. Um, you know, it's it's always, if the ball does, if we're in attack and there's a counter-attack and it, you know, bounces over the top, it's always Gunjakri that's that last one back there, 99% of the time. Um, so I think often Megatron's either maybe not called into action as much or she's just kind of lost, like, the ball passes her by a little bit. Her her sort of area of dominance isn't as as required, whereas on a game like like that where the team is doing really well and she can push up, I think she was called in to cut off attacks really early and just send it back in there again, you know, like um, put on that pressure. And I think roams around and plays such a, a leadership role too. Um, so, you know, her, her statistic, her marking and disposal statistics aren't probably as important as, as what she's saying, what she's showing and, and teaching to the other players. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought also, I thought her last two weeks have probably been, um, the best she's been all year, uh, personally. Um, I, I think, I think every, you could kind of talk about everyone. I thought Kate Sermon was pretty good. Um, I oh, thought yeah, I had some points about Kate Sermon. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I, I was just going to say Sermon, I was, I'll be honest, we don't always say it. I was a bit disappointed with her first half. Yeah. Um, okay. I thought there was some, there were some moments where I was like, ah, I just needed to get into that position, you know, or mm. there's one where she probably had a teammate at the top of the square. She could have centered it. She went for the shot herself and missed it. And there was just yeah. a few moments where I was like, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed, a bit frustrated. Even, even Amy McDonald did that out. once. There was a point where she had a shot and you're like, it's interesting yep. to shoot from there. I do wonder when, when you're, when you're up and about, if they start going, because in a lot of ways it's been the opposite problem for so long. They've been a little too cute yeah. with it. No one's wanted to. And now it's kind of like, okay, maybe share it around a little more. <laughs> Someone also made the point on um, Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about X. in the AFLW, when you're – yeah, sorry, X. Someone sent an X out, um, and they were talking about, like, um, in the AFLW, you can really pin the opponent in by just taking scores. Take it behind, mm. cool. Now that team has to try and launch out of their back 50. And for a lot of teams, it's it, that's a harder thing. If you're being dominated, um, it might be harder. You don't have a Zach Tui back there who's going to torp at 65 mm. to try and break that um, that press. Sorry, so Rachel, I, I did Rachel wonder if Kearns, is getting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there'd be a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sermon, I was a little bit frustrated in the first half, but then second half, she came out and played an absolute blinder, I thought. Mm. Um, and, and I was just so wrapped that she's in our side. It was just one of those halves where I was like, oh, just to have players like that come into your team. She had two tackles inside 50, um, which I thought was massive. Um, it's, it's crazy. You don't have two two score involvements. I um, mm. did kick a goal, at least one goal. I do um, sometimes question how that whole score yeah. involvement thing's figured out, like at what point yeah, how were you not exactly. involved in that score? <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's a pretty big game, really, from, from Sermon. 15 yeah. disposals, five marks, five tackles. Um, so it was a, a goal, really big half if behind. most of those came in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, maybe it was more of a number. Like, maybe it's less the numbers, but more the impact of what she did. You know, there are mm. a few things where I was, as I said, I was a bit frustrated and I was going, God, do I have to come on the show and talk about being frustrated? By, and, and it's like, 
totally just turned it around um, in the second half and, and was just amazing. So, yeah, uh, yet another recruiting win, I reckon, for the Cats bringing uh, an yeah. impact player like Sermon in. I thought other... What about Gehring, you, anyone else? Gehring was also good. It's kind of similar similar story, really, just like a um, yeah. just a really solid performance. I think a, a disposal efficiency led a, led a stat line down a little bit. Um, but overall, just again, yeah. like kind of like just to echo your sentiments about Sermon, just another time when you're like, just thank God we got that player. Shame, shame she's retiring, mm. but <laughs> we won't have her anymore. Um, but yeah, like building on just that phenomenal performance last week, I thought this week she was, um, mm. yeah, like definitely didn't, didn't let herself down in any glaring ways. I thought, I thought followed that up really well was kind of where she needed to be and, you know in important moments and supported supported the team really, really effectively. I thought, um, didn't she lay an absolute crap ton of tackles? 11. 11, yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was more than 10. That's um, six more than the next closest for the Cats. Yeah. And, I mean, how many how many tackles did we lay? Because <laughs> I know we didn't have tackles. 67, I think. 64. It's a, it's a big percentage. It's a big percentage of our tackles. Um, so yeah, I mm. thought, I thought, again, I thought she was, um, especially, yeah, defensively, I thought she was, she was really good. I think that's the thing I like about her game too, is the consistency of like in a game where I think we talked about on the preview when we we're predicting our, like, you know, which players get the most tackles and all that sort of thing. I remember sort of saying that I don't think it will be a high tackle count game for the cats. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt that it would probably be Hawthorne, us doing more of the possessing, them doing more of the chasing. So what yep. I like about Gehring's effort is she still tackled 11 times, even though the next closest player had five, and that was Sermon. Um, Gehring lays 11, and four of those were tackles inside 50, which I thought was, you know, that's helping retain possession in your forward half, um, which is probably why, you know, we had 64% um, of the game inside our forward half yeah um, a- ashley maloney's not in my votes okay well she was the player I that i was waiting i was i was waiting to see i was like i, don't, I feel like she okay i'd like to talk about it. she's not in my votes but i thought she might have snuck into yours she was definitely floating around no around that quite. one vote for me <laughs> yeah she I, I put up the, the i put up an x a, t- a tweet x. um stamped an x on the saying internet. that's right Ashling Maloney as like like she could be absolutely anything. She has no ceiling. Because mm. I, I just can't I can't imagine how good she can be. Like this is year one. She's played ten games of footy. Yeah. And e- even the um it's all the, the, sh- the shepherd on the goal line. Uh whose goal was it? It wasn't Morrison's, was it? Wasn't Becky Webster's? Was it? It was. Long, it was. I think. Shot, it was, I think. Or... I think you're right. Yeah, it was Becky Webster's goal. Um, and Maloney, just like, again, it's not going to be anything that the media is going to really talk about. But for a player that, that is this new to the sport, knowing exactly how to fairly and legally use her body to shepherd a player away from it to let the ball go through, like the presence of mind to do that, let alone the mm. wherewithal and the skill to do it legally and correctly and effectively. Um, yeah, such a small mm. moment, but I was like, I can't believe like watching this replay right now, I can't believe that she's like that, that looks like that should be, you know, the rookie's goal 
and that's Chloe Shear in there, you know, like um, yeah. doing the she- the shepherding the the body work on the line. Like it was it was incredible. It was just really really good stuff. So, like you say, there's it's it's so exciting to think where a ceiling could be, especially if this is her floor. Like, I mean, there's of yeah. course the potential for, yeah. for for that not to be the case, but you have to assume. Mm scientifically you have to assume like how new she is to the game that this could be the worst she ever is and she's already so good um so it's just, it's kind of it's crazy and you messaged me that during the game you just said this player could be she could be whatever she like whatever she wants to be as good as she wants to be like you just don't know um mm. where where that where the where the sky is where where the where the sky's the limit sort of land, lands at One little thing that's interesting to me is six goals, 11 this year. I think that'll start to change. Mm. Um, but also uh, another one that's interesting is to look at her free kicks for and against. She's, she's won two free kicks this season. She's given away 10, mm. but six of those came in the first six games of the season. She's only, uh, sorry, eight of those came in the first six game of the season. She's only given away two free kicks in the last month. One against Collingwood, one against Richmond. So, uh, you know, that to me speaks to a lot of things that she's starting to maybe understand, you know, little nuances of the game a little Mm. bit better, you know, not getting out of position to the extent where she's getting in a position where she can give away a free kick. And, you know, I think it's really heartening to see that she's averaging, you know, three marks a game. Uh, She's kicked a goal, you know, sort of on average a little bit more than half a goal a game, but also the disposal count, you know, her, she had a low disposal 14? count in the wet against Collingwood with three. Yeah. She had 14 on the weekend, which equaled her career best. Um, 14 you know, and, and 71.4 disposal efficiency from those 14 too, which is again, really good. Yep. Yeah. 62.6% on the season. So I, I just think there's, there's lots there's lots to like. She's had 35 score involvements, so that's 3.5 a game. Um, I, I think we've we've got, I think we've won the race to get a massively exciting player. Um, mm. Another little stat for her too: she's had seven uh, tackles inside 50 for the season. Four of those have come in the last two games. Yeah, so right. three in the first eight games, four in the last two. So just little things that you maybe start to notice ticking along and making a bit more sense. Um, yeah. I don't know. So exciting. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Just an incredible, incredible player. Um, Aaron, Aaron Hoare didn't necessarily have a, like a, an electric game or anything, but I was just looking at the stats and just mm. to, again, bitch about the way AS, AFL fantasy works. Shouldn't, shouldn't fantasy points be weighted for your position? Shouldn't certain stats be more important exactly. for your for your position? Because she had she had what like it was nearly best part of twenty hitouts, I think sixteen or something, sixteen hitouts, yeah, yep. and yet only thirty three mm-hmm. AFL fantasy points. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a as a as a as a ruck woman getting sixteen mm. hitouts, second second highest on the on the ground, team high and second highest on the ground. Yeah, surely that's got to be worth more than thirty-three. Like ending, like you know, ending you up at like fifth worst in the AFL fantasy. Like, I get that it's great when a a ruck, uh, you know, a ruck can do the other stuff as well, and she 
she has done that in the past. But I really feel like there should be some kind of some kind of handicap per position. Like a goal for a for a forward should be weighted much higher than a goal for someone from the back line. Because if if a, if a defender is getting a, a goal, you're going, what are they doing up there? What's happening here? That's not their role. They shouldn't get as many fantasy points for a goal as as a, as a forward should. And likewise, the hitouts. I think if you're a ruck, uh, you're a ruck person, and you're getting sixteen hitouts, uh, you know, only three behind the um the the highest on the ground. I think it should be more than that. Anyway, well, it's all um, weighted towards the midfielders. Let's be honest. Yeah, the whole true. the whole thing. If you look at the fantasy I think, I points, think... Prasparkas, Morrison, Gehring, Webster, <laughs> top yeah. four. I have to, I have to be honest though, and say I think my votes are pretty midfield heavy this week. <laughs> Having said all of that, true. my votes, my yeah. votes are very much weighted to the uh, to the midfield pack as yeah. well. Uh, <laughs> and in fairness, if there was a week where that was going to be the case, it's you know it would be this, this week. Um, I've got one more player I'd love to just throw a shout out to. Okay. And that is Jacqueline Parry. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 disposals, 61.5% disposal efficiency, four marks, four tackles, uh, a goal for her. Just again, that tireless work, getting up the ground um, to present the leading target. I think she's so important. Um, yeah. She's become so important to our whole, you know, operation really. Um she had three inside fifties, which was good for equal third on the ground. Um, yeah, just uh, amazing growth, I guess. I think we've seen from her as a player, and I just thought it was another really good effort from from Jackie Parry. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Um, do you have anyone else? Or are we going to get jump into votes? No, look, I mean, as I said, Kearns is being safe for later. Um, the whole team did really well. I like just because they're not in here, um, you know, doesn't mean that they didn't do well. I think everyone performed performed really well. I think, you know, uh, Rank Rankin always turns up. Um, likewise, mm-hmm. Bowen uh, always always out there putting in the work, even if it doesn't show up on the stats sheet that much. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we we didn't really mention Sheer either, but Sheer obviously those. Those couple of moments when she did really manage to work herself into the game and impact it, um, yeah, she's such an electric player. I think we just have to figure out how to make her, how, how to free her up to be that electric more often throughout a game. But, uh, you know, I thought, you know, there were some good reminders of why Chloe Shear is Chloe Shear. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump then into votes. I've got Johnny's, I uh, sent them in, so I'll give... I'll give his, then you can give yours, then I'll give mine. So Johnny went with one vote for Prasparkas. He put two votes for Friswell. We talked about Friswell, the mm-hmm. reasons why you might. Uh, and three votes for Nina Morrison, who we also discussed. Uh, so yeah, one vote, for, uh, one for Prasparkas, two for Friswell, three for Morrison. For Johnny, what about you, Sambo? Beautiful. Well, as I said, mine is pretty, pretty midfield heavy. My one vote is going to Rebecca Webster. Uh, I thought she... Um, probably of all the games, this is the one where she really turned up kind of like the way we have come to know her to turn up. She's really worked her way back into the season, back into the team. Like, I think it's just a slightly different um, geography to this team to last year. And obviously she missed a good chunk of the season. So now she's having to work back in, um, into the side that's set up in a, in a slightly different way with, you know, Mm. players like 
Prasparkas and Morrison um, performing at a, at a different level than what they were even performing at last year. Uh, and I felt like in this game, Webster really managed to um, to kind of crack that nut. I don't think it's a ceiling, a ceiling yet, yeah. but I think it's that's it's, it's kind of the new benchmark for her performance. I think obviously great circuit goal. Uh, I again love her work rate and just that tireless effort. Um, and she's just always seems to be around it. She's a little bit like Amy McDonald in that way, even if she's not necessarily the one on the ground laying the tackle or the one trying to get rid of the ball. She's just always there. She's always impacting it, making making her presence known to both her teammates and the opposition. Mm. Uh, and that's just that is just one of my favorite kind of players, a player that's just always putting in that work rate um, and making their presence felt. Uh, she had a 70.8% disposal efficiency as well, which I think is pretty good for a player that's under crazy kind of like in, she was really in the blender on the, on the weekend, you know, she was kind of in amongst it in the same kind of way that Morrison and Prasparkas were. So she gets my one vote. And, and going by foot more often than hand too. That's something I always yes, look at. True. Like if you're going by foot more often, um, you know, in the, yeah. on the season, it's 76 kicks, 52 handballs. But the last couple of weeks, it's what, 20, 43 off the top of my head, um, 43 kicks to 20-odd handballs. So it's almost two for one. Um, and, and the, the yeah. thing I like about her season, first three games, 55% efficiency, 50%, 40%. Last four games, 76, 66, 66, 70. Mm. So that disposal efficiency has returned as she's acclimatized to the pace of the game. Yeah, I think I think third highest on the team for meters gained as well. Uh, which yeah, she got she got only two less meters gained compared to Morrison, but with ten less disposals. Mm. Obviously, it's weighted because of the kicks and the hand passes, but still, uh, it is mm. kind of a little bit like Prisbar because it is it is a different thing that players bring. Um, my two votes goes to Prisbarkus. Um, you know, just a, what such an exciting player, such an electric player. Like, you know, as much as I was, com we compared to Morrison earlier in that, um, and bringing up Dangerfield, Jake. It's 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 a such a valuable player to have. That player that the opposition is going to focus on when you've got a deep midfield, yeah. which I think we have, and we are building a really deep midfield. But it's funny that Amy McDonald, Morrison, Webster, those kinds of players don't get the attention that Prasparkas gets. Um, and so you need yeah. Prosparkas to be firing in this kind of way to keep that fear of God in the opposition. So they're, they're so focused on her. And I think she's done such a good job at being that lightning rod. You know, there's a, there's a game earlier in the mm. season, maybe a game or two where she really had that focus, that constant pressure and the niggling from the opposition. And she kind of let it get to her a little bit. She let it, she let it work her out of the yeah. game a bit. She's done really well at, at being the lightning rod and just taking all that energy and focusing it and kind of being the, being the villain to the opposition story, just like being absolutely unafraid to take the game on mm. and just get hands hands and foot to ball uh, no matter what. Um, and I think that is why, you know, if you if you go over and compare disposal efficiency, I think she was down at like uh, 40s. 57. In the, in, the, in the 57. Okay, that's a bit, that's a bit higher than I thought. Mm. Um, but again, I think it is to do with she was going more by foot than by hand. Uh, and yeah. she was doing it in such a frantic kind of haphazard way. But it's what you want her to bring to the game. Like, I don't think it's mm. necessarily 100% fair of me to compare it to Morrison earlier. That was just talking about more like why I think Prasparkas is getting more attention 
but why I really liked Morrison's game. Um, but I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of, it's kind of what you, what you need Prisparkus to bring. And she brought it in spades, but my three votes do go to Nina Morrison, who I just thought is just, yeah, one of the, one of the most effective players in the competition at the moment. I don't know if that feels like a really yeah. bland and backhanded compliment to call someone just the most effective, but it's kind of what it is. Like it just, she just feels like there's no fluff to the game. There's, you know, it's mm. such, she's such a lean, mean machine of a player that just gets in and does exactly what she's there to do um, and doesn't really whack any unnecessary frills on it, except for the don't argues and the candy. But again, applied <laughs> when, if, if applied mm. when then actually needed to be most effective, then it's not fluff. Mm. It's it's an effective use of your of your talents. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and you know when you get to that end of the votes, I mean, at the end of the day, there's you know what twenty players, eighteen players, however many there are on the squad on a mm. given day for the women's team. Um, like we're we're picking the three best. You know, yeah. we're splitting hairs when it when it gets down to it. Um, I'm going one vote to Becky Webster also. Um, I thought this was a really terrific game. Her goal, um, I just thought it was an amazing goal. It was just perfectly executed. Um, kick, I just thought she attacked the footy really well. As you said, the, the disposal efficiency was really good to see. After the first three games that she played this season were lower, she's bounced back to getting more on brand with what she normally delivers. So... That's like a massive thing for the Cats as they head for the finals. So one vote to Becky Webster. I am giving two votes to Georgie Prisparkis. Um, God, like it, it was hard to split. And so that's the thing. I try and give the votes before I dig too much into the stats, I suppose. And so watching the game, I was like, Prisparkis and Morrison are both going to get the two or the three. I knew that just watching the game. But I felt like you um that morrison was my best on ground so i've gone two votes to prosparkus i've got three votes for morrison um yeah, absolutely splitting hairs if i could give them each you know 2.75 or something you know like then you would yeah. but i can't I'm it just so happens three. to be like that the three of us are old yeah. friends that have known each other and watch, watch football together for the best part of 30 years <laughs> at this point and so we're, we're often going to have pretty similar takeaways so this is not us unanimously yeah. saying that morrison was the best player on the ground or better than prosparkus like i'm not not fighting hands to anybody that because i think a lot mm. of people will have prosparkus as their as their um player of the match and that's Definitely. totally fine it's just i think yeah every time we do these votes it does make me realize how more often than not the three of us just end up agreeing without having <laughs> <laughs> spoken about it's spoken like it's pretty it. rare not to have like two consistent players across all three votes and then one outlier yeah and and like it was the amount of times i guess where i saw morrison get swarmed and i was just like ah this will be a ball up and yeah. then no she gets her hands free she swats it away like you know it reminded me a little bit of watching you know like dustin martin in that 2020 grand final that third quarter mm. where it's like oh no we now can't tackle him and he's just gonna some, do crazy shit in <laughs> some ways it is i guess a little bit easier to admire her game and it's no wonder that like as we said we we generally do votes before we look at the stats and it, you know 
everybody values and weights different stats and different things they see differently. But she just had the ball in hand for longer. Like their their disposal mm. numbers are very similar. But I think if you could time how long each player had the ball, Morrison would time be ahead because there was just there was just more time for her to do what you're talking about. She won it and then fended mm. off two tackles and ran a bit and then disposed mm. of it. So you just had kind of more time to go, oh, she's got the ball a lot. She's mm. doing a lot of it, whereas Sparks is more of that, like, bash through, pick it up, smack it on the boot kind of thing, which, again, is is really electric and fun to watch as well. But I do think that that, you know, hearing you talk about and thinking back to my impressions of Morrison, they are, it's not mm. any, like, one kick or one hand pass that was beautiful from Morrison. Right. It's just the amount of times where you're like, she's got it again, and she's still got it. And she's still going. <laughs> and let's be honest, they both would have absolutely smashed past 40 disposals if they'd left them on the ground. Mm. Oh, I, they weren't on was, the ground for like the last 10 minutes rigged. or something, which which was, but it's smart too, because I had forgotten that Prisparkas got injured in the last game of the season before finals last year. Yeah, true. They brought it up on commentary and was saying that she, she did an injury and everyone was like, oh crap, is she going to play the final? And she did play the final, but I don't think she looked quite right. So I like that players learning, but also coaches learning of like, Hey, this is Mm. in the bag. Let's just bench these, these players that you guys don't need to do anymore. Off you go. So yeah, no, brilliant. The stat lines for both are insane. Um, Yeah. How lucky are we? And, And how lucky are we to have those two plus Webster? Oh, plus Amy McDonald, who didn't even make the votes. Yeah, yeah. Because they're reigning like back to back to back most valuable player. So yeah, crazy stuff. Um, all right. That's it for the free version of the show. We're gonna go now over onto Patreon and do our Patreon player focus. We're gonna talk more about Rachel Kearns, her performance on the weekend, the development we've liked from her this season. So if you want to listen or watch that part of the chat. Go on over to Patreon, $3.50 US per month. You get extended shows, video shows, and during the season, VFL men's and women's coverage as well. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you would be so kind as to go on over and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever, uh, that would be much appreciated as well. But until next time, until the finals preview, go Cats. Go Cats.